Join us on the Kayak Fishing Obsessed Podcast. It's time to reel in adventure, camaraderie, and the joy of the catch. Here's your host, Darren Wendell. What up, you fish freaks? Welcome to episode number 58 of the KFO Show, Kayak Fishing Obsessed, brought to you by the Wendell Fishing YouTube channel. If you love kayak fishing, over 1,000 videos have been posted over the past three years. I put out daily shorts, daily community posts, a weekly podcast, which you're listening to right now, and at least one weekly video. This week, I'm posting two videos. And so if you love fishing, kayak fishing, head over to at Wendell Fishing over on YouTube. If you're listening in from Spotify or from Apple Podcasts, wherever you're coming in from, love to see you over there. Also, if you hang around the old Facebook, um, I started a group like a month and a half ago, and I'm pretty excited about it because it's already at over 800 members, which is kind of wild and crazy. It's called Kayak Fishing Freaks. If you're a kayak fishing freak and you want to kind of just be around other freaks, then head over there. I'm gonna th- If you're listening in the live, I'm going to throw this link down. Boom. There you go. If not, you can just find it by looking up Kayak Fishing Freaks. All right, guys. Remember, if you're joining us live, this is an interactive podcast. Ask your ask your questions. I will try to get them answered by myself or my special guest tonight, which is Andy Dill, the bearded paddler. Welcome, brother. How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. A little sore, but uh, I'm getting through. A little sore. You're a little fuzzy too. <laughs> you're looking like Bigfoot at the moment. Oh, and not really. It's all right. I think we got your audio. I think we're good. Okay. It, it'll come. It'll come back. But you're sore. How come? What do you got? What do you got um, going over there? So we we just uh, we got done unloading a truck from Perception and Wilderness Systems with about 107 kayaks. Uh, today we unloaded Big Adventures, which is native and bona fide. And yeah. to, uh, tomorrow we're going to be unloading a truck full of Hobies. So heavy kayaks, getting ready for the year. Um, again, it's February, but we're we're ready. We're ready to get into it. Uh, you know, it's already starting to pick up. Uh, people are already starting to get ready for that, you know, whether it's the spring spawn or just getting their rigging set up, accessories. Uh, people are, and some people are, you know, depending on what part of the country you're in, some people just never quit. But, uh, you know, competitive fishing, you know, everyone's been watching the Bassmasters, been reading a lot about that on Facebook, you know, oh, love yeah. it or hate it. But uh, <laughs> it's a lot of, I've seen a lot of text and, uh, and, and a lot of emails from people reaching out to me on uh, my thoughts on the uh, front-facing sonar debate. Oh man, that is oh. a that's a touchy subject. I just did a post on my YouTube uh, community <laughs> post. Just ask the question, and man alive! If anybody has an opinion on anything, it's FFS. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I guess people are watching it on TV, and they're literally just sitting there watching somebody watch a TV. And that, I get you know it it. Maybe it doesn't make for must-see TV, but it's it's kind of part of the landscape right now. Yeah. I had some people say they like it, and I have others say they hate it. So I don't know. Hey, you're, you're entitled a, to your opinion. You yeah, can I'm like it. You can not like it. Yeah, I'm it. not a big electronics guy. Um, yeah, but that doesn't mean I haven't used it. It doesn't mean I don't see the value in it. Um, I just, uh, during the spring, summer, even fall months, that's my hardest working time. So I kind of mm. have a hard time getting out during the, uh, during those months. So. Uh, I'm normally off on Sundays and Mondays, and on some weeks I'm doing deliveries on Sundays and Mondays. So, um, again, it's you know it's not what I call hard work unless you're unloading trucks, of course. But 
right? Uh, you know, it, it's it's I enjoy doing it. I really do. So it, it's something I don't mind doing, but it doesn't leave a lot of room for, uh, you know, heavy competitive fishing, so to speak. Ah, oh, the bummer. I know you you have all the juice about all the kayaks which we're going to talk about tonight. But everyone, just so you know, the reason I, I'm bringing Andy back, the bearded paddler, is because my number one podcast happened five months ago. And it was Andy, right? right? And we titled it The Best Fishing Kayaks of 2023 with the Bearded Paddler. And so guess what? It's 2024, so I'm bringing it back. <laughs> We're going to talk about some things tonight because I was looking over your channel. You got some things to say. I'm excited. You did some recent videos that I'm excited to hear about. And if you were to go back and look, hey, let's just do it real fast. I'm going to go back and look at the comments. One second. Oop, there we go. From the last one outstanding looking forward to part two well hopefully brian reed you were listening in because this is part two uh really appreciated this information your guest shared a wealth of information excellent show just nothing but positivity so i'm excited i'm, I'm really excited about tonight because i know you've done some i want to start here because you did a couple videos recently and i didn't watch them on purpose because i don't want to hear the same information twice but you said the biggest problem in the kayak industry and you had a couple videos on that and being that you manage one of the largest kayak selling companies, OMC, OMTC, is that yeah, right? Yeah. 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 Ozark, Ozark Mountain Trading Company. There you go. Um, you guys sell a lot of them. So you get a yeah. lot of feedback. You get a lot of questions. You know these companies. You you have to you sell these kayaks. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm curious on what was that video about? The biggest problem in the kayak industry today. So my... Um, Mine was really just kind of airing some frustrations. Uh, I've been a little opinionated in the last few months and uh, not a little bit bad, of course, but um, it dealing with two things that really frustrate me is one, internet marketing and how that affects both the market and the consumer. So a lot of people think, you know, when you're buying a kayak and you see online and you can see that they can ship it to you, I say, well, that's great. Well, it's really not. So the companies, and I'm talking about manufacturers, kayak manufacturers that ship direct to customer, they're doing two things that can actually hurt the customer. One, they're they're hurting the paddle shops. And again, these are typically going to be your, your, your family-owned businesses, your mm. small local businesses. Did I lose you? Kind of missed you on the, uh, I'm not seeing you on the screen there, Darren. You still there? Can you see me? Oh, I don't. That's the first time that has ever happened. I'm sorry, folks. If you're listening in, it just totally wiped me out. I couldn't <laughs> hear you. I was gone. I was frozen. I had to come back in and there we are. <laughs> it's now the bearded paddler show, apparently. Yeah, right. <laughs> about that. My goodness. Hope that doesn't continue. No, no, no worries. Um, Mom and pop shops. So the reason yeah. So what I'm saying is uh, the, the direct to customer online, it really hurts the small paddle shops. So the paddle shops are who's going to be servicing this after the sale. They're going to be doing your warranty work. Um, and I hear a lot of frustration from customers talking about warranties. It doesn't matter if it's Hobie or Jackson or, or Perception, well, any of them. It doesn't matter. Uh, right. You don't go directly to those companies typically for warranties. It's going to be your dealer doing that. You know, a lot of times we have individuals that we talk to. It could be our sales rep, and 
that person has a vested, vested interest in keeping us happy. Mm -hmm. So what happens is more and more of these little small shops, I say small shops, I mean, some of them are bigger than others, but uh, you know, a lot of these shops are starting to close down mm. and it's harder and harder for these shops to compete in that marketplace. So when you got a company that's got their own Amazon page and they're shipping directly to customers, well, where do those customers go when the paddle shop that was close to them shut down if they have parts or if they have a warranty issue and they're getting frustrated because there's nobody from the company is contacting them. And the sad part is, is that paddle shop probably could have got them a better price. And it's, it's just, it's a little different. It's not like car dealerships or motorcycle dealerships. Um, but again, that was my frustration is the, the internet marketing and also pro staff. So pro staff has really taken on a different meaning in the last probably five or six years. It's no longer professional staff. It's now promotional staff. Mm -hmm. And what they do is, and you'll, you may see them now that you've got a Facebook group is you'll see people asking about, Hey, I'm between this kayak and this kayak. And then you've got somebody from company X coming in and just <laughs> almost cyber bullying them on Facebook saying, well, this is the greatest, this is the kayak you need. This is the greatest kayak ever. And my only frustration, they're doing a job. So I, I get part of it, but you see the company that they're representing sells a wide variety of boats. So mm -hmm. if somebody's looking for a river kayak, they don't need a pro angler from Hobie. You know, there's other kayaks that every manufacturer makes that can fill that need. But a lot of people only are interested in selling the kayak that they're specifically in because they like it. And that's what they that fills their needs. Uh, yeah. So, you know, and it's just being a better representative of the companies. Uh, you know, we 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 have pro staffs uh, with OMTC. Uh, we deal with pro staffs with, you know, Jackson and Hobie and uh, Confluence, which is perception and wilderness and all that. And, you know, um, some of them are great people and some of them just maybe miss the mark a little bit. Um, I, I personally, I think we've dealt with a lot of really good ones, but you know, online, I just, I see a lot of people out there that just really uh, how they interact with customers really affects how that customer feels about that brand. Hmm. No. Uh, so what you're saying is if we continue to go down this road and everyone gets their direct to consumer from the internet, if something ever goes wrong with that kayak, you're gonna have to drive a pretty long way. Yeah. To get or that. you're gonna to have to hope that that when you reach out to that company that they're going to get back to you. Uh, that's usually, not how they're set up, though. Yeah, that's uh, they don't have big call centers. And no. when you look at when you look at Jackson Kayaks home office, or if you look at uh, you know Big Adventures, uh, or they're in uh, Fletcher in, in the Carolinas, there you know native and bona fide. These aren't huge ivory tower castles you know they're not these big cathedrals like an insurance home office it's just regular dudes like me and you uh working and a lot of them probably wear a lot of hats so it's it's one of those things uh that it's going to hurt the consumer more than anybody in my opinion and i hope it changes obviously and it's also going to hurt the manufacturer because they can't sell all of them and if they don't the less satellite offices they basically have pushing their product the harder it's going to be for them to sell kayaks. Right. Uh, hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Got your happy price, price line. <coughs> so I got a question coming in from Grimy Fishing. It's for you. It says, Bearded Paddler, what do you think about manufacturers drop shipping for small shops? Help the mom and pop shop with cash flow without having to invest in inventory. Maybe consumers won't wait, question mark. That is something that I think will help. Um, not everybody's doing that, but there are some companies that are doing it. So we had a conversation with a uh, with a company that uh, very large uh, that I'm very, very high on, and they're kind of starting to ship direct. And they uh, were, were looking at doing some drop shipping and that does benefit the shop. So the way it was explained to us, and again, I'm, I'm, I've got to keep some of this private because a lot of this hasn't materialized, so I can't say the names or anything, but the way they told us, and it made a lot of sense to me, was there's not a lot of us out there, us being Ozark Mountain Trading Company. And, and that's not a flex, but we're a, we're, we're a specialty shop. So we don't deal in fishing tackle. We don't deal mm -hmm. in it's just kayaks. It's just paddles uh, and paddle okay. gear. And there's not a lot of people that carry 1,000 to 1,500 kayaks at any given time. So it, it, you know, there's a lot of those places that don't carry a whole lot of inventory. And I think... And, and, and again, I'm big on, you know, it's a competitive space, obviously, but I'm very big on supporting your local paddle shop because yep. those places, it becomes like a community. And I'm again, they're not all great, I'm sure, but most of them that I've interacted with are just phenomenal people. They're passionate about the sport and they're passionate about getting people in the sport. And they're, they're like many ambassadors everywhere. And we're the same way. We try to be ambassadors for the brands that we carry. Um, but you know, it, it's drop shipping is something that I would like to see more of versus direct to consumer because mm. what drop shipping, what drop shipping is, is somebody wants a kayak and the shop that they have doesn't have it in stock. Well, the shop can work with the manufacturer to drop ship it. So instead of shipping it to the shop and the customer picking it up, they can ship it direct to customer and it gives all of the shops kind of a broader reach. Right. Um, and again, that helps those shops that helps you, you still have a local dealer for that company that is there to help the customers to be that ambassador. Um, because the crazy thing is, is say if you, uh, if you have experience with a brand that really did you wrong, it, that could have nothing to do with the manufacturer. That could be poor paddle shop customer service that will turn you off to that brand still. So it's very important to keep those really good people, uh, people out there and, that's just business one-on-one uh, take right. care of the people that take care of you. Uh, and again, you know, my, and it's one of the reasons that I'm a big fan of new canoe, um, new canoe, even the companies that sell them online, new canoe dictates that you have to charge X amount of dollars to ship. So it does create, and you know, if you have to pay $200 to ship versus it's going to be cheaper to drive your local paddle shop, it does, while some people may not have the access to that paddle shop, it does kind of make it a little bit more convenient for someone to go to that paddle shop. Again, you're going to pay the same price. Uh, yeah. So. Okay. That's kind of neat. I didn't know new canoe kind of dictated that. Yeah. And, and again, um, Hobie used to do that. They don't anymore. Jackson kayak used to do that. They don't anymore. And it's nothing against those companies. Uh, they're doing what they think they need to do to, uh, to, to stay relevant, to keep growing. It's just my opinion differs a little bit on that. And I'm not saying I'm right on everything, but um, where I see it going is 
the less the, the less of these smaller shops fall off, it does make it harder on their bigger shops to handle that need. And it makes it harder on the manufacturers because not everybody wants to buy something online either. Um, I always thought it was kind of a bit of fool's gold is what I've had uh, discussions mm. with some other people is shipping kayaks is a little bit of a different thing. It's very expensive. It's not very profitable. And it's a high rate of damage. It is a plastic boat. Uh, right. You can't you can't stack it in a truck. You can't. There's a lot of things you can't do to it. When we receive shipments of truck uh, from kayaks, it's one large truck with just nothing but kayaks. In it. So it's the entire truckload. Interesting. Yeah, I, I see a lot of them have like, okay, they got the, you know, what are the forklifts going straight through yes. the hole? Like you see a bunch of secondhand people are trying to sell them real cheap, just get rid of them. Yeah. Hopefully someone wants a, a DIY project, but yeah, <laughs> um, I see a lot of those. So you mentioned Hobie, you did a video recently on Hobie changes in 2024. If, if any of you around the YouTube scene, there's a lot of conversation around Hobie, Yeah, like it or not like it. What are some of the changes and some of the things that are happening around the brand and how the company sells, how the company warrant warrant you know has warranties, how the, where the company makes all long. <laughs> well, I think I think we lost you again there. Um, can everybody still hear me? What is going on, okay. sorry, folks? So I, I, I think I got your question there, though. Um, with Hobie, so Hobie takes a lot of flack for a lot of different reasons. In my opinion, some of it is justified. So I'm not, um, you know, I'm not sponsored by any companies and, and any manufacturers. Uh, been accused of it a few times, but uh, <laughs> with Hobie, with Hobie gets a lot of undue uh, flack for. The pro angler. So pro angler okay. is your five, you know, fifty five hundred dollar kayak, uh, namely the three sixty drive, which has had a widely documented series of issues. But Hobie makes a lot of other kayaks and a lot of really good kayaks. But obviously, if you're making, you know, within the last couple of years, there's some others that are more expensive. But there for the longest time, they were probably the most expensive kayak model. And the 360 drive being their most expensive kayak they offer had the most amount of problems. And the problem when during COVID years is it was impossible to get parts. So not only mm. did someone pay $5,500 for a kayak, but when they're told it's going to be a couple of months to get a simple part in and for us to fix it, that's, that's just no good. That's uh, no. no bueno. Uh, <laughs> not giving so, up three months of my season to wait around yeah. for a part. Exactly. Especially in the middle of summer, you're, you're, you're talking about if you're in a pro angler, you, chances are you're competitively fishing. You are, you are not just your, now some people do, don't get me wrong, but you're not that somebody that just goes out once or twice a month in it and then just hangs it up in the wintertime. You're someone going out quite a bit. You've in, you're using all of the features on the kayak because that's why it's a good value to you. So the 360 drive coming out this year, they made a really positive change where they made some adjustments where you can manually uh, adjust the 360 capability. So if something does break, namely the steering belt, you can, mm. you're not stranded out there. You don't have a drive going 360 degrees and, and no way to control it. <laughs> um, but you know, they're now manufactured in Mexico. Apparently, uh, they've moved at, uh, they moved from Oceanside, California. Um, I don't know the, I don't know the town that, uh, 
they went to, but I was told it was about an hour, hour and a half south of Oceanside, California. So it's just right over the border there. And they sent me some pictures of the facility. The facility is immaculate. And uh, I actually had a comment on that video of somebody that works in logistics. And they said a lot of U.S. companies are building these really nice, clean manufacturing facilities. And, you know, I don't get into politics. I'm the I'm the least politic person out there. But California is just not the best and the easiest place to do business in. So I was kind of surprised they've been there for that long. Right. So but they said it just it was hard to get workers. It was hard to get inventory. And this is supposed to fix that. Now, whether you believe that or not, that's something completely separate. But if it if it, if they get better quality, if they get kind of under the financials of it and kind of get more innovation, I think people are going to forget that old stuff as far as, you know, for the most part. But if they continue to have those problems and they're being manufactured in Mexico and they're you know going up in price, then they're going to have some problems, in my opinion. So. Uh, they're not out of the water yet by any means, but they're they're making some steps in the right direction. Now, if you're if you're like me, I'm very big on U.S. made uh, kayaks. Yeah, it might be a problem. So, uh, but you know, they're also not boasting to be we're made in the U.S. and we're you know we're you know what I would call uh, you know uh, unethical or dishonest marketing. You know, saying well, manufactured in the U.S. and made in the U.S. are two completely different things. There are companies out there that <laughs> order in bulk from right. China and it they together. put it together and then they <laughs> ship it out and they say, hey, we're we're manufactured in the USA. <laughs> and I just I hate that because it, some people, not everybody should have to do months of research just to make sure they're making the right decision. It It's pretty cut and dry, but this little play on words. And, and you know, during COVID, you saw this a lot. You saw a lot of those really small companies pop up all over the place. Everybody mm-hmm. wanted to jump on the kayak fishing train and build them a plastic boat and then just get them out. And then you just never hear from them again. Mm. Uh, you know, and again, I'm not crapping on anybody that bought, that buys a less expensive kayak or a cheaper kayak. It's just, I feel like they're marketed in a way that it's not indicative to what they're made for. So they're not heavy duty tournament fishing kayaks. They're not made for adventure water or, good current, you know, they're not meant to go down some pretty, pretty good little skinny water. It's just small bodies of water close to shore paddling or pedaling. And when people get them, they're expecting them to do things that they can't. And then, then they just get upset at the kayak in general. And then they're out of kayaking. They think all kayaks right. are a big rip off. It's a plastic boat. And they, they really miss out on some things that maybe $150, $200 could have bought them a different class of kayak. So the, right. the the line is pretty blurred there. I mean, Hobie, Hobie makes a pedal drive kayak that's $17.99. I mean, that's one of the cheapest pedal drive kayaks, and you still get that drive. Not the 360 drive with all the problems, but, you know, you still get the Hobie Mirage drive. So there's stuff out there. It's just that stuff doesn't get talked about a lot. A lot of people are putting all that money into marketing, and people are eating it up, and it's shipping directly to customer. And when they get it, they're just they're realizing that, Hey, this thousand dollar kayak is not the same as the two thousand dollar native Slayer. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. it looks like it, but it's it's not, and it's half the cost for a reason. There are cost cutting features there. Now, whether that's a big deal to somebody, that's something you got to make uh, that decision on. You know, maybe not everybody needs uh, all the features and stuff that's packed on to a lot of these kayaks, and that's where I say 
everybody needs a five thousand dollar pro angler. It's just it's not for everybody. But there we, are we actually do. We all need yeah. Pro anglers. <laughs> There's so many good quality <laughs> kayaks out right now that I um, it's hard. It's harder, and I think that's why I enjoy doing my videos so much. Is it's harder for people to really understand what kayak is best for them. It's not something saying, hey, I'm six foot one, 250 pounds. What's the best kayak for me? There's so much more to go into it. What kind of water are you on? What do you need it to do? What's your budget? You know, what, you know, what is it rivers? Is it lakes? Are you needing to fish? Are you need to fish heavily or just kind of casually? Are you carrying a lot of gear with you? Do you want to maybe motorize it? There's so many variables now. And right. the, the new kayaks out now are just, they make it so much easier. Well, let's go there. This is this is what this is all about. So let's spend the rest of our time here. Kayaks that are out in 2024 that are extremely popular, like you can't keep them on the shelves. What are those kayaks and why are people buying them? So I think a lot of it's region specific too. Um, okay. We are, we're blessed in this area. We're almost like an island where we're at. So we're surrounded by a lot of lakes and a lot of rivers. So we have uh, two large lakes, uh, say, in, uh, called Bull Shoals and Norfolk Lake. Uh, Bull Shoals actually goes into Arkansas and Missouri. It's really large. and But we have a lot of rivers. And probably about 70% of our customers are recreation or light fishing rivers and creeks, smallmouth fishing. And mm. easily, our best, our two best fishing kayaks here lately have been the Jackson Bite and the Bonafide RVR 119. Okay. And by far, I tell you another one that has really caught on is the the it's a, it's also by Bonafide. It's the SKF 117, the, the, okay. the skiff kayak. A lot of people are really loving the lightweight, uh, which I think lightweight kayaks are gonna start to kind of find their way back into marketplace because I think we've all gotten our our big heavy fishing kayaks for the lakes. Yeah. And a lot of people like to get out on the rivers to catch. You're catching five different species of fish. You're seeing nature, you're seeing bald eagles flying around. Mm. And it's hard to take a heavy, like a, a 70 or an 80 pound kayak out on those rivers. You want something a little bit more you know, lighter throw and go. Um, I've got a guy that works for me at the store here that he, he did the Buffalo River at flood stage. It's 150 miles of okay. wilderness. He did it in two days and five hours on a bona fide RVR 119. Wow. Um, and we're talking about a fishing kayak that is made to handle some, I'm not going to say class fours or anything, but it can handle some pretty good chop while it's still stable, comfortable seat. And it's got the drop down fin. That drop down skeg is something I wish more kayaks would do. Mm. And hopefully they will, because it gives you really two different handling kayaks in one. You can bring it all the way up and it's going to spin around on the water really easily. You can drop it down. It helps your tracking. And even if you're if you're paddling upstream, it keeps the rear end from swinging out from under you and spinning you around a lot better. So that's really good if you're going over those shoals and you're wanting to turn around really quickly and start hitting those smallmouth that like to, you know, park at the end of those shoals. Yeah. So so let's talk. <laughs> I think we lost you again. <laughs> There you are. Can you hear me? I don't know when the world's going. I'm going to be writing. Uh, I, tell, I tell you what, I've, I've done, uh, again, if 
those of you that don't know, uh, me and my wife do a live stream on Sundays at 7 p.m. Uh, and we, we've been using um, StreamYard here. Been happy with it for the most part, but I've had a lot of connection issues. And we've checked our internet connection. Uh, we're running well over what we should. Yeah. And I've even got it hardwired into the computer just to I'm hardwired. It. Yeah. There's, this um, has never happened in 58 episodes until Yeah, today. I just, I've heard a lot of people having it and I'm thinking, well, maybe it's just kind of bumping up and down here. But um, every time we do a speed test on it, I mean, we're getting actually a little bit above what we're paying for here. Um, and there's not a whole lot of competition as far as internet providers, but when we got does pretty good speeds. Anyways, sorry, yeah. folks. If it happens again, it's just, I'll just come right back. It lets me right back in. So yeah, see, efficient as Gramps, like, hey, I've had issues with StreamYard yeah. the last two lives. What's and up, it's not, <laughs> it's not a bandwidth issue. It's just kicking me off yeah. for whatever yeah. reason. It's just saying something about memory. I'm about to lose my mind. All right, let's head back. Skiff. So let's talk a little bit more about the Skiff. Popular. What are some of the competitors you believe are competitors in the space? Uh, I know uh, I know Crescent Kayak does a, uh, a similar one. It's called, uh, I believe it's called the K-Craft. It's, it's a very similar uh, setup. Um, I actually saw uh, Chris Funk, uh, he uh, the feral one uh, on uh, YouTube. He did one. He likes to load it up with weight. Uh, one thing he he did notice that the Crescent Kayak, the uh, the weight capacity was very very uh, maybe a little more generous than he thought. It was rated at like 325 pounds. Well, he put 325 pounds on it, and it really kind of he 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 said he you wouldn't want to put anything else on that. Okay. Um, and Crescent Kayak makes a quality kayak. They really do. Uh, we did a video, uh, me and my wife also, we did the the RBR 119 versus the Crescent Sholey, which I thought was a great uh, comparison because they're both phenomenal river kayaks. And in my opinion, the river kayak has really been underserved in the market. Um, Jackson has the Kusa X, but I really feel like the Kusa X is a little bit more of a wide river or still a calm flatwater kayak. It's really maneuverable. I'm not saying it can't handle rivers, but you're talking about a hundred pound river kayak and it's hard to do that as a you know creek and skinny water or pond hopping kayak um but the rvr and the stress and Sholey, to me are some of the best new canoes flint um i know we did the, uh, oh, yeah. the collaboration with me you and jameson the flint has dropped down a hundred dollars and oh, they've wow. changed the seating position and they've given a lot more features on it um and in my opinion they have the true lifetime warranty on parts um, there's a lot of other places that do lifetime warranties, but there, there's some fine print in there. It's not against normal wear and tear. It's against factory defects only. Uh, New Canoe does free parts for life, and you just go on their website, order it, get a coupon code for 100% off, and then they just pay you pay the shipping. But you know, it's USPS typically, it's a buck or two, and then uh, you know you get your fittings or your handles or seat free hardware. Free parts for life. Yeah. I don't know if I knew that. Did you mention that last time you're on the show? Yeah, Maybe yeah, I missed um, that. they're they're phenomenal, and I've used it personally because I've owned new canoes myself. Um, I'm kind of uh, I've kind of moved over. I'm kind of a big adventures guy, which is native, bona fide, oh, yeah. liquid logic. They're they've been phenomenal this year. They come out with the skiff. They came out with the RVR last year. They came out with the uh, uh, liquid logic. Came out with the Versa. The Versa is a recreational version of the skiff, mm. and the skiff is twelve hundred fifty bucks. The Versa is nine ninety nine. They're both the exact same hole. They're just a different seat. Uh, so the seat's still a frame seat, but it's just not the high, low, the fully adjustable and all that. Um, and man, Big Adventures has just got such a big lineup. Uh, after being kind of stagnant, in my opinion, for a couple of years, you know, they had the SS series 
and they had a lot of good kayaks, but they really didn't focus on the rivers. And now that they've got a little bit more multi-water talented kayaks, I guess I'd call it, um, they're really taken off. And it's what people online and in locally, they come wanting to see more and more uh, native doing the Titan X series. Uh, mm-hmm. It's heavy, but, uh, but man, uh, you talk about if, if it's the, usually what I tell people is when they, when they'll ask me, well, why don't they put this on the kayak or why don't they do this? Native took a kayak and they did that. They put every single thing on the kayak and it adds weight is that's, I've always said that it adds weight when you're doing aluminum gear tracks, when you're doing heavy metal frame seating, when you're mm-hmm. doing, you know, bow and stern motor options on it, that adds weight. Native just did the whole thing and it's like a 172 pound kayak. Jeez. But man, um, I took it out and I'm not, I don't stand up and fish a whole lot. I do a little bit, but that kayak, I filmed the whole segment standing up from it. It's by far the most stable kayak I've ever been in. It's $35.99 for their biggest model. They sell a smaller 10.5 model, but you're talking about $600, yeah, six, $400 less than the, uh, the Jackson Big Rig that they just came out with. It's a kayak that's got a battery compartment storage built into the kayak. Mm-hmm. It's got stern and bow mount uh, motor options. You can do the XI3. You can do the motor, uh, you know, the, the motor guide XI3 on the front with the spot lock. You can do the Newport or the Torquedo setup on the back, or you can just keep it as a really good pedal drive kayak. Uh, and I, I, I've always thought for prop drives, I thought Native does the, does it the best. Uh, the propel drive. Being uh, marine grade aluminum, mm. um, I've rebuilt those before. Yes, and it's all metal on the inside. It's really easy to work on, and it's just. Uh, I think you did a video actually uh, uh, on servicing it. You know, taking apart the hubs with the little yeah. spacer wrench, and uh, I actually watched that the first time I rebuilt it because I'm like, how do you get? Because they had a, I didn't have the special tool that. Oh, that uh, spanner wrench. Had. And then, uh, but yeah, I was like, uh, I got it apart. I was like, this is really nice. This is really easy. Um, you know, we, and of course, native just, they're phenomenal to work with, uh, to, you know, for warranty. So if there is a problem, just contact them and say, yeah, no problem. Send us the whole ID number, the serial number, and then we'll send you the parts. Jackson's the same way. Uh, my guy, Charlie over at Jackson, uh, he's the warranty guy there. He is absolutely phenomenal. And he's actually kind of done some things that might've been borderline, you know, and I said, well, we'll just send them a new seat. And I was like, good Lord. Uh, you know, cause they could have easily said, well, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a couple of weeks out of warranty. We just, we can't do it. Right. Um, so I relay that to customers. I'm like, look, I'm going to ask them, but if they tell me yes, great. If they tell me no, then, you know, we're in the same situation, but yeah, it's like, shoot, they, they ship it from Tennessee, which is where they're based out of. I get it a couple of days later and customers happy. I'm happy because, you know, uh, nobody likes to make customers happy than, than me because they trusted me enough to spend a couple thousand dollars at our store. And it's really nice to be able to have confidence in that manufacturer and saying, hey, these people are going to take care of you if something does happen to it, because that's really what you want to know. You know, nobody wants to spend five or six hundred dollars after buying a thousand dollar kayak. And then, no. you know, that's they don't want to think I about sure, it. I sure don't No, for real. And this is why I love. P127 Bonafide because they pulled that mm-hmm. propel drive over that's had 10 years, right? It's been out for 10 oh. years. So it's not like it's a first gen, you're taking a risk on a motor. Yeah. And man, that's why I love personally P127. And that's my big, big, heavy late kayak that I do most of my fishing on. And so, heck yeah, I'm a big Bonafide fan. I mean, 
once I've, I've touched a lot of kayaks, I just got done going to the um, National Fishing Expo in Columbus, did a walkthrough. Raccoon Creek Outfitters was there. They had like mm. 50 kayaks, which was fun. Uh, actually had the owner do a walkthrough of the PWR, um, which is kind of neat. That's going to be coming out here soon in a video. So if you're interested in that. But yeah, it was uh, their kayaks are just solid. Right. Yeah. And I would imagine I, I really haven't had my hands on a lot of the direct to consumer kayaks. Uh, I get a lot of questions about certain brands all the time. The cheaper brands usually, hey, this looks just like this. And I had a question I wanted to ask you. So what typically are you giving up for a kayak that looks like a native Slayer or looks like a Titan X or looks like a P127, but you're getting a cheaper one? What are are the five main things that you're giving up? Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of copycats out there. And uh, the two things that I've seen copy the most just in the past year are the propel drive and mm. the old Hobie fin drive. So okay. a lot of the uh, a lot of the patents are running out on those older designs. So Hobie uses a different design, but the older design, it's like the little it's like a wedge. It's not the, the full on fin. So it's more like a, a longer elongated triangle there. Right. Um, you'll see those on a lot of kayaks. And the biggest difference is that it still functions the same way. It still goes from side to side. And in the propel drive uh, or the, the propel knockoff is, <laughs> is the build. So the, the, the copycats are not the aluminum, they're plastic. And the plastics are really where you get into the quality issues and durability. And then obviously, you know, uh, Native does the five-year warranty on the propel drive as to where the copycats are really going to be about one to two. Um, but mainly it's plastics. Uh, it's cheaper materials. Mm. They're, they're outsourced. Um, I just did the, I did the Timu video, which kind of, um, I didn't mind doing it, but I knew there would be some, some, some kickback on that as far as, uh, you know, people talking about, you know, it's foreign made. Oh, that's true. You, if you know what you're getting, right it makes it a little easier to choose some of that stuff and that stuff, it's not the same. So it's a plastic propel drive. Um, I love perception kayak. I think they have the, one of the best roto molded processes out there. Their kayaks are very tough. They're durable, but their pedal drive is just not where it needs to be because it's mostly plastic. Mm. Um, you know, there's plastics in a lot of different kayak manufacturers, but these are mostly plastics and you're talking about heavy torque, you know, uh, you're talking about water pressure, you know, you're, you're dragging it through the water for long periods of time. And they just, they don't seem to last because a lot of the fittings and a lot of the attachments just don't hold up and it's harder to buy. It's, it's even harder to buy your, your knockoffs, your, your knockoff brands. They don't use the same parts. And Mm. a lot of times since they are just manufactured in the U S it's harder to get those parts in because they are coming from overseas. Mm -hmm. So if there's ever any kind of I mean, we're in, we're in an election year where we got, you know, conflicts overseas. A lot of that stuff matters because that can change the cost and it can change the ability to get stuff from overseas. Uh, we, we noticed that in how oh, the, the big container ship fiasco that happened. Um, Hobie was outsourcing some of their parts on their chairs and their pieces, not the hull. The hull was made in the U S but a lot of their pieces were outsourced and, we were getting Hobie shipments during COVID where it was just the hull without the drive and the seat. We'd have to wait till the next shipment to get those parts. I mean, they were doing what they could, but it was just funny. But uh, same thing with those companies is uh, 
cheaper parts, but harder to find parts. Uh, mm. I get people come in the store all the time and say, hey, you, you guys repair kayaks, right? It's like, well, we do. Well, I've learned to ask, well, what kind of kayak do you have? And they'll say, you know, it's, you know, Brooklyn kayak or it's, you know, oh, it's a vibe or a Pelican right. or a Lifetime, you know. Yeah. And uh, we don't carry those parts and you can't get them because the big box store that you got them at, they don't carry the parts and you can try to get them on the website, but there's not a guarantee that they have the parts available. And that's where people get frustrated is, I mean, we're talking about a seat buckle or something busting on it and you don't have a seat. You're yeah. having to make some, <laughs> you're having to make some really uh, crazy DIY stuff and God bless some people. They're great at that, but sometimes some of that stuff breaks and you're kind of dead in the water, so to speak. And, yeah. you know, you know, it's not a thousand dollar kayak, but you spent four to $600 on this kayak. That's still, to, in my opinion, that's still a lot of money. So right. uh, it's, that's my thing is, you know, budget's a thing. And I get that it's what you're getting for the money that you're paying. And that's, that's where I get into the value proposition is, yeah, this is going to cost you two or 300 more dollars, but this is what you're getting. You're getting features, you know, you're not going to have to put outriggers on the kayak. You're not going to have to modify the seat to make it what you want. It comes like that. Plus it's got a lot of things that you don't have to buy that, you know, you don't have to drill into the kayak with a lot of these things. And it just depends on what they're wanting to do with it. Um, again, if someone's just taking a, you know, a light, uh, an ultralight fishing rod out on the Creek, again, they don't need all of this other stuff and electronics capability. No, mm -hmm. they just need a good solid kayak. But, uh, yeah, it, again, there's just, there's so much stuff. I can actually see my wife in the comments answering questions. Look at her go. <laughs> I love it. So love when it. you see Christina down there, that's, uh, uh that's Mrs. Padler there. So. Uh, she's a real one. She's worked. She works at the shop every now and then for free, which is great. Uh, she's a she's a teacher here at the local college, and she's also going to school too. So, but uh, you know, she's someone that's again. She she's in an area with a lot of water. So if yeah. you hate the water and you live in this area, it's uh, you're going to hate life. But uh, she's she's a real one. She she loves it. And she's been joining you on your videos and lives, correct? Yeah, yeah. The live stream. It's it's with both of us and. I loved it because we did a we did a review video and it was actually the 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 Crescent Shelly versus the Bonafide RVR. <clears throat> so we got them both on the water. She was in the RVR. I started in the Shelly, and then I was like, you know, let's do let's try both of us. Let's try you do one, I do one, and then switch because it's two different points of view, and not everybody wants to see an old bearded guy talk about kayaks. Sometimes having a <laughs> a prettier face and a different point of view helps. And uh, I think it's, it's, we've gotten a lot of great feedback and again, she knows what she's talking about. So yep. that's, that helps too. But also, you know, she doesn't, she always, she'll agree with me on a lot of things, but she'll have a different point of view and I value that. So, uh, cause I never, you know, I'm biased in my own wants and needs but not everybody has those same wants and needs. So I just, I like the different perspective and people, people have loved it. Uh, she's better on camera than I am. I think, um, you know, when you see my videos, you know, there's, I, I like to edit, I like to do a lot of production value, but it's not the first take by any means. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so my, uh, my blooper reel, I've, I've got a, I've got a lot of them. I got a lot of them. So. Love it. We got a question coming in from Jeremy Martin. His question to you is Andy, what do you think about the new canoe unlimited 10? 
We, uh, they're in production right now. Um, I know I've seen them, uh, on some of these videos of like some of these, uh, these boat shows and kayak shows. Uh, we're set to get our first shipment, I believe here around March 6th, uh, believe there's going to be some content coming out on that. I'm excited for it. So it's a, the, the, the new canoe unlimited is 12 foot six inches. This new version of it is going to be 10 foot, 10 inches. So it's actually more like an 11. Uh, but man, um, they've needed that in my opinion, cause I've seen people with unlimited out on the rivers and creeks and it does. Okay. Having a shorter one's going to be a lot nicer. And then also if the new canoe is heavy. So uh, I believe the unlimited is about 85, 86 pounds. And, uh, the U10, I'm excited. Um, it's got the same seat. It's got a lot of the same setups. It does have a few other features. You're still going to be able to use the new canoe gear pod, the portable gear pod that you can put on the front. That mm -hmm. fits the the Unlimited and the Flint, which is a very important to note. And, man, um, it's the, the Unlimited is really one of the most customizable options out there, along with the PWR129 now. But having a, a, a shorter version at $15.99 instead of the longer at $17.99, in my opinion, I think it spells the death of the Frontier 12 and the Frontier 10 from New Canoe because literally there's not a lot of difference between a Frontier and an Unlimited. Just the Unlimited has maybe a little better drainage and a lot more gear track. But it's yeah. the same seat, same, same overall setup for the most part. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to see New Canoe... Um, discontinue the frontier again i'm not speaking in you know don't read between the lines on that i just that's my guess because we've gotten even we've gotten to where we're not really ordering a whole lot of those just mm. because most people would rather spend the hundred dollars and just get the unlimited even yep. if the frontier fits the need for that uh tammy sanchez nh fishing gal ordered the u10 coming mid-march she yeah. already got it on the yeah. way yeah and i think uh we've got several of them on the truck coming, I think only a couple of them are left available. We've already got money wow. on the majority of them. Uh, it kind of feels a little bit more like COVID is COVID was, you know, it, it was bad. Um, it sounded like a good problem to have is, man, you got all these, uh, you got all these kayaks and you're selling all of them. I'm like, yeah, but we can't get them. <laughs> yeah. the, Once they're gone. Uh, they're, like, so unless you had a, a, a ton of inventory. Yeah. Like insane. And, and you guys do, you have like 1500. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we did, but man, um, it got to where I think we got down to about six kayaks at one point in 1500. Yeah. In 21. And then I believe in 2020, <laughs> they actually ran out for a short time. Um, it just, they weren't sending out as much and people were buying more. Everyone was locked in. Everyone had the stimulus checks coming in. The people that didn't need it, the stimulus checks, you know, you had 1300, $2,600 blowing a hole perfect. in your pocket. So perfect for a fishing kayak. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what, what was happening too is, people were buying these really big heavy fishing kayaks if that may not have been the best thing for them. So now you're seeing a lot of used kayaks out there. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the used market is finally, the bubbles finally burst on that. So there for a while, people were getting brand new prices on used kayaks and it was just a great time to be able to selling and trading kayaks because you can upgrade a lot easier. Well, now there's 50, you know, say like you bought your P127 on the second market Right. Well, now there may be 15 or 16 of a certain kayak out there. So yeah, you're, the prices are coming down. Um, you can find a lot more deals out there. And when I go on these groups and the people are asking, what's, you know, what's the best first kayak as well? Obviously buy your second kayak first, which I've said before, but you can buy a better quality used kayak 
than a, I would rather see someone buy a good, a, a good brand kayak secondhand than a brand new, what I call cheap, not inexpensive, mm-hmm. but cheap kayak. Yep. Uh, you'll spend about the same money, but you're going to get so much more. And, you know, I mean, if you don't like it, there's always going to be someone needing that really good quality kayak. Those big box store kayaks are really hard to get rid of. Uh, a lot of people will keep them as buddy boats, child boats. And again, uh, that's a good use for them, of course, but <laughs> I think someone was, uh, I think someone on here was saying that I need like a theme music when he uh, drops off here. I agree with that. I think we should have like a dun, dun, dun. <laughs> hey, there you are. I'm going to murder. I'm going to murder stream yard. This is a really great show, which is, drives me crazy. <laughs> We're all family here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, what's the number one question you get? Um, stability. Okay. So that's an easy me- answer. That's stability. Everyone wants to know what the stability is. Um, I was joking. I was talking with, uh, with Chad Hoover here not too long ago. And I was telling him, I was like, man, I, if I, I can do two videos a week. And if I did these same exact videos, I could almost quit my job on it. <laughs> stability, stability and Hobie kayak. Those two, <laughs> they move the needle more than anything. Um, and I don't want to be known as that stability guy or that, that Hobie guy, but right. uh, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, it's kind of like that old Howard Stern show thing where, you know, half the people that watch him love him and they want to watch him. And then half the people hate him, but they watch him because they want to say what he'll, you know, see what he'll do next. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, Hobie's the same way, you know, people will watch and they'll comment and then they'll talk about it. Like how much they hate Hobie. I'm like, well, why did you watch the video? Um, like, I'm just trying to help the people looking at Hobie's here. And then stability is by far, that's the number one question I get asked is stability and stability is a tricky question because you don't always want to max out your stability because there's usually a trade-off in kayaks and you're usually sacrificing your maneuverability. And I'm very big on maneuverability because you want to be able to move that kayak without dreading or just hating life. And uh, there's a lot of people that develop shoulder issues and rotator cuff issues. I Mm. was one of them in 2020 um, you know, you're doing a different exercise. And if you got a kayak that is really sluggish in the water and you're trying to push that thing by killing the water underneath you, it can cause some issues. So, um, I think people, people ask stability too much. In my opinion, uh, a lot of kayaks are stable. There's different kinds of stability. There's primary and secondary primary is that initial wiggle and secondary is once you lean it, it'll catch. So you'll see those ridges on the sides of kayaks, usually what those are designed for. Um, but Man, I think the most overlooked thing is kayak weight. So people, it's in the budget, it's stable, it's comfortable, you buy it. And then you realize that this kayak is heavy or it's bulky or both, which are kind of two different issues. Um, And you're dreading unloading it and loading it and taking Mm -hmm. it to the water and bringing it back. And you're going to find a reason not to use it. And then you're going to sell it on the second market. You know, you're going to sell it on the used market. And that's that's what happens a lot. Yeah. So help me out here because I this drives me crazy. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. So I see a lot of videos. <laughs> this this drives me absolutely nuts. So the people will stand up on their kayak and like wiggle it back and forth and say, oh, look how stable it is. I was like, that just shows how well you have balance. Right? Yeah. That has nothing to do with the stability of the kayak. In my no, opinion. it don't. It don't. Okay. So people stop it. <laughs> it's not a stability test by standing up in your kayak and wiggling it back and forth. And whether it's stable is whether you stay in the kayak and if it's not stable, you fall into the water. That's not the stability no. test. No. Um, I think the, the biggest, uh, the, 
one of the biggest misconceptions, and it sounds like I'm ragging on Jackson Kayak, and I'm really not, but uh, the Jackson Kusa was one of the best-selling, it's really, in my opinion, one of the first river fishing kayaks, like dedicated river fishing kayaks, and I hate that they don't make it anymore, and I know why they don't. Drew Gregory helped design it. Drew Gregory, you know, went to Crescent, and of course, he does the showly now, uh, but Drew Gregory did the video content for Jackson on that, and Drew is out there just on the nose of that kayak, just floating down the river. He's casting, and people say, man, that thing is so stable. Uh, Drew's not the tallest guy in the world. He probably weighs about, what, I'm, I'm guessing 160, 170. Like, he's okay. not a heavy, tall guy. And the people that are interested in fishing kayaks look like me. You know, they're big, and they're, you know, maybe not the best balance, and they get on that thing, and then that thing's just flipping over and they're, you know, they're cussing at it and they're saying, well, I got a defective <laughs> one or, you know, I'm seeing these videos and like, well, you know, and I've got a guy that weighs about, you know, 150 or 100, you know, about the same size. And he talks about stability. I was like, you got to be careful with that because you may be able to stand on the tip of the kayak. The guy that you're talking to may not be the same. Uh, you know, so it's weight capacity is another thing too. And that affects stability, but, you know, some kayaks are just built with only stability in mind and some kayaks look like they're stable and they're really not. No, I hear you. So if, if you had to give a top three, and you know, I, we all know there's a gazillion variables here. Um, most stable kayaks in 2024, what should you, what should you consider as a kayak or at least look into for your personal preference of fishing? Um, and I'll just go paddle kayaks. Um, go. so, and because I feel like that's where a lot of people need to start. And stability in a paddle kayak, you're looking at the, and I, and I'm, I did the video on stability. And one thing I left out, I didn't mean to, but I may have still done it was the blue sky 360 angle. Oh yeah. That thing. And someone mentioned that. I'm like, man, I didn't even think about that, but it, and it's technically a kayak, but it's, that's like a catamaran boat. It really, and with a dock, it's like a dock (laughs) with it. But it's phenomenal. It's great stability. Um, the Perception Outlaw is the one that I think most people, I think that's a great beginner kayak. Now, it's it's a slug in the water. Now, not compared to some other things, but it, it's not going to paddle really fast. The Perception Outlaw is a great beginner fishing kayak. Now, they make the pedal drive version called the the Showdown. And, you know, um, it's, it's a great kayak. It's very stable. The Jackson Bite, I think, is one of the most versatile paddle kayaks out there. It can handle some slow moving rivers. It can handle lake. It's very stable. I'm a fan of wide open deck space. Um, and then, you know, if you've got some, you know, if, if you have a decent budget, you can find an old new canoe Frontier 12, or you can find an unlimited out there that, you know, as long as someone hasn't just rigged it up and put all kinds of motors and lights and televisions on it, you know, uh, you can find them pretty good price. Uh, you know, so it, those brands, but you know, you're talking about a 41 inch wide kayak too. So it needs to be stable, you know, but, uh, your quality brands are typically going to be stable. They're also typically going to perform well because a $1,500 kayak is not going to handle like a $500 kayak would, and it shouldn't, you know, uh, you know, as far as just paddle performance, but looking at the makeup of the kayak is big. You know, if it's got a keel line, if it's a V-shaped hole, those are going to track really well. Longer kayaks tend to track really well. Shorter kayaks will maneuver quicker. But if you're looking at covering a lot of open space, you know, you're going to be steering it a little bit more. Um, I feel like a lot of people get into that river mindset, what we call it, is they only go for the 10 footers and don't look at the 12s. And Mm. I feel like 70% of people that looking at both are going to prefer the 12 footers 
uh, even if they're on rivers and creeks, because most of us grew up paddling around 16 foot long canoes down the same rivers, 12 foot kayaks now are not going to be any different. It's just going to paddle a lot easier, cut to that water really good too. So we're going to have a little fun toward the end of the show here. Um, let me do a kind of a rapid fire questions and I kind of want you to answer them in short, succinct answers. Now, granted, I know you want to talk more about them because <laughs> you have a lot of knowledge about them. Um, uh-huh. Let's go ahead and let's just go ahead and rip toward the end. So if you have a question for Andy, go ahead and think about that, throw that in the comments. Uh, I'll, we'll finish on a few of those, but um, here we go. PWR worth the hype that it's getting. Yeah. Yeah. Foot controlled steering. That's that's the biggest thing. Uh, okay. Foot control rudder on it. It's a cross between the RVR and the SS127. And I think it's going to give the Unlimited a run for its money this year. Awesome. Most popular kayak brand that you sell? <sighs> probably Wilderness. Wilderness Systems. Um, okay. We the rivers and the creeks. And probably Jackson's. Uh, I'm starting to see a little bit of a shift over to Bonafide. Why is that? At rivers. Uh, there's a lot of rivers around here. A lot of people love to uh, fish for smallmouth and that RVR and even the skiff. I'm going to do some content on the skiff this year on the rivers. I'm even going to take a PWR 129 out on the rivers as well, just to see how a big kayak like that handles, especially when you're drifting and you're able to control that drift with your feet. And then I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how that handles because it is spring loaded. So if you do hit something, it's going to kick it up and the, the, the PWR, if it's straight, it will kick all the way up into the hole, which is really nice. So I'm looking forward to doing that. All right. In your opinion, best paddle kayak under $1,000? Oh, um, man. Liquid Logic makes a boat called the Kiowa 12 and the Kiowa, that's K-I-A-W-A-H. The Kiowa 10 and a half and 12. And to me, that is the best recreational kayak i've ever been on um it's got a frame seat on it it's the same seat that's in the falcon 12 or the falcon 11 from native and the fx12 like they it's a good seat but the it's got that nice rocker profile to it and we took it on some rivers and it just absolutely performed uh and it's done great because of the price point i think the 10.5 is 949 and the 12 is 999 okay um do you sell a lot of inflatables we do. Um, we don't sell as much as I think we should. Um, what do you mean by that? Well, the I did a video, and it was the same one that um, Jameson Redding did on his video, the, the NRS CUDA 126. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, so the CUDA 126, I was incredibly impressed with, and I'm not somebody that would typically look at inflatables, but hearing about how they're how they're produced, how they're made, they use PVC material on the inside and outside. It's extremely lightweight. It has a frame seat on it, and it has locking foot pedals, uh, foot pegs to to really brace in there. It paddled really, really well. It weighed thirty one pounds, and they make those the same way they make their whitewater rafts. So it's made to go up against rocks. There's videos of people running over them with a with a jeep, and then just no, not have any problems with them. They're drop stitched. Wow. They're phenomenal. And there's some other good stuff out there too, but there's also some cheap ones that I, pro- I think give the whole inflatable kayak industry kind of a bad name too. All right. Got a, cu- a couple more questions here for you. 
There he goes opinion. again. <laughs> I know. I, I, I'm glad I get a question out and then it dropped me because by the time I get back, you're finishing up the answer on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I figured it out. Um, there's some filter thing that I had on that if you turn off, it's supposed to help with it. it yeah. also says I'm out of memory, which I probably have 50 plus I need to delete. So hopefully next week will be easier. Uh, back to kayaks here. A few more questions for you. Your opinion, best pedal drive kayak, fishing kayak on the market. Uh, in the whole market, for prop drive, it's easily the Titan X 12.5. Um, and fin drive, I mean, I think the Hobie Outback, I think that is the best all around. It's actually the best selling pedal drive kayak on the market, fishing kayak. Um, I think the Hobie Outback is one of the best things out there. Mm. You can paddle it a little bit as far as on skinny river taking the drive out and you can also be out there on the lake you have all your electronics your transducer mount all that uh just a phenomenal kayak that they've been making for years and years all right expensive well, though I, I mean i get that but what kayak or kayaks do you and your wife own so i own a jackson tripper 12 which is the same hull design as the kilroy um, I like a little bit of a hybrid uh, sit in, sit on top, you know, maneuverability, stability, frame seat uh, for rivers and creeks. Uh, my wife, we also have a Jackson U-Pick and my wife has a Hobie Lynx, which is kind of the really lightweight paddle board with the with the fin drives and the, and the seat on it. That's her lake setup. Um, I'm thinking I'm probably going to get in a I'm thinking about either doing a PWR or a Titan X this year. I'm kind of leaning more toward Titan X because I enjoy the pedal drive a lot more than the motorized option, but I'm, mm -hmm. I like to paddle. Um, I love all the options out there, but it, at just my core, I love to paddle. I love to, you know, to maneuver it around to do that. And then I could throw an anchor on it if I want to, you know, that's my, that's my old school spot lock, if you will. Yeah. No, there you go. I don't ever like sitting in one spot for more than five I, seconds. Yeah. So that's why I love I, my pedal drive. I don't actually carry an anchor. I don't think I carried an anchor the entire last season. I've got one long in the garage. I've just never put it on yeah, there either. I so made I, one I get that. <laughs> a long time ago, but yeah, <laughs> I don't use it anymore. All right. That's the end of my questions. Got a few questions coming in live here. Um, let's get these answered for you. Lost and tackle has a question here. What is your ideal length for do it all kayak? I know it's a loaded question. Me, uh, 12. I, 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 like, I like 12. Um, you can go too short and you can easily outgrow it really quickly and then wish you would have got the 12. Mm. Uh, I've never heard a lot of people that went a 12 and wish they would have went 10. There's just, there's not a whole, most of your 10 versus 12s, it's the same size cockpit. You just have a longer nose storage and a longer rear storage. Uh, so yeah, I just, I like that. I like 12, 11, five, 12 around in there. Uh, anything above that is, you know, you're, it just depends on the use, of course. You know, one of the things I noticed, of course, going from a 10 to 12, just your tracking is insane. Yes. Like your upgrade in tracking nightmare. is like, wow. Night I was even, in my native Slayer 10 and you go yeah. like a snake. And then I got in my Bonafide P127. I was like, boom, straight yeah. to where we needed to go. Yeah, that's that's very true. Even with pedal drive kayaks is the length, you know, that <laughs> length matters. Uh, it, it just, it your tracking is it, it, that matters even on a pedal drive kayak because like you said if you're constantly doing that that takes all the fun out of it the it first pedal drive kayak i was ever in was a native 10 uh native slayer 10 and yeah. i just i said like is this supposed to be this bad and uh 
then I got out, I took a 12 out. I was like, Oh, okay. Like, Oh, yeah. this is, this is, this is a lot better. Now, if you want to turn on a dime, get a 10, those things yeah, turn, yeah, yeah. those things are magic. But usually, you know, you give up one for the other. That's what your, that's what your give and take is on that question from fishing with Gramps. He says, question, I have, I want to have a second paddle yak for taking folks out a buddy yak, basic pond, a Creek boat for a beginner thinking RS 117 thoughts. That's a great, um, that's a great option. Um, the only thing is uh, the RS-117, the seat, you can have 10 people look at it. Uh, five people love it. Five people hate it. Um, mm. it, it. I think the the separation between the seat back and the seat bottom is a little a little too much. And sometimes people feel like their rear end's coming out the back there. And it's not the best tall person kayak. So I've got a long inseam, so I'm obviously going to have an opinion on that. Um, the foot pegs versus the seat back even in the high position tends to be some people will feel a little bit cramped and some kayaks do that. Um, the Pescador Pro from Perception is another one that the foot pegs don't go far enough for where the seat back is. And even like I'm six, five, but even six, two, six, three, you're going to have a little bit more of a knee bend than you probably want to have. Mm. Um, you know, it, it but it, it's a great value. I think those are like a thousand fifty. Um, and, and that's a great, it's a great kayak. It's a great frame seat. Um, and it's not super heavy and clunky and it's, it's simple, which I, I love. I love that about it. This is the problem with fishing kayaks is because whenever you upgrade to the next kayak, logic says, sell your old one, get the money out of it and put it into the new one. Buddy boat, what ends yeah. up happening is you buy the new one before you sold the old one. And then you're like, oh, now I just got a buddy kayak kayak. Now you got two. <laughs> yeah. And then you got three because you're like, oh, I got to I gotta get, I gotta keep them around for my daughters. And then you have four. And then before you know that, you have to like build a pole barn to store them all in. Mm-hmm. It becomes an expensive hobby real fast. Yeah, we don't we don't keep our vehicles in the garage. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we don't. I think at one point, I think we had five different uh, paddle craft in there. That's uh, awesome. We send it out a little bit. Uh, there's a couple that I'm looking for that I would like to get my hands on. Um I'm really looking for a Jackson Liska. I wish they still made that kayak. Um, that's just one I'd like to have. Uh, my wife's got her paddle boards in there. Again, we've got a, a U-Pick hanging up on the wall. We got her, uh, I've got my my Creek kayak and then her links on a, a handmade uh, craft, you know, a handmade cart that I did. Um, but yeah, and I've got my motorcycle in there too. We got, you know, it's, we can't fit anything in there. <laughs> Um, so I love both it. of our vehicles are constantly sitting outside, which I feel like a lot of people do that, you know, whether you got a boat and a trailer in there or what, but in, in the winter, my truck sits out. I mean, in the summer, my truck sits outside. Cause I literally keep my kayak on the trailer. Yeah. 24 seven. My truck don't fit in here. Uh, mine's it's lifted a little bit and I've got a big tall Yakima, um, ladder uh, rack that I carry kayaks on and it just, it doesn't. It, it just doesn't fit under there. So I, I knew I was never going to use it, but her vehicle, it kind of got pushed out when, uh, when, you know, she caught, you know, she's got paddle boards and she's got, you know, the, the links and we had a pro angler in there at one time. And then the U-Pick and you know, it's, uh, we had a Pescador 10 from perception. We had a wilderness ride 115 there for the longest time, had a new canoe, uh, unlimited with the, the motor on it for, for a while too. It just Look at you. Uh, working, working in the paddle industry does not cure you of the bug it makes it worse. And yep. that's the worst thing to do to our pocketbook was, uh, we like Jeeps. We like motorcycles. We like kayak fishing. So we just never going to have any money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, it, 
you know, it's, it, 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 there's always something new coming out that's like, man, like that looks great. And that's going to be perfect for what we want to do this year. And then next year it's something completely different. So it's, it's a, it's a sickness and it's like, it's like having an eating disorder and working in the candy store, you know, it just yeah. uh, is not helping me out at all. <laughs> I got two more questions for you coming in from those listening in live. Been outdoors. Does Titan X have their water and hull issues that the OG Titan did? That's a good question. Um, yes, uh, I did a I did the video on the water, and for whatever reason, I had some GoPro issues, which that's a different discussion for a different time. There completely. Um, I did a short video uh, on it, and it was dry. Um, now the Titan Xs do come with scupper uh, scupper plugs. If you're running a uh, if you're if you're running a pedal drive or especially a motor, you're going to want scupper plugs because it just it keeps with that it keeps away from that that water churn that you get with a with a better speed. But I took them out. I pedal. It was fine. Um, what she's talking about was the the seating position and the weight distribution was more toward the front. So mm. what happened was water would kind of churn up in the front, and it wasn't draining back out. It was running to the front and collecting there. And we just get this big pool of water. And I don't know that it ever, it, it, it ever caused any major issues, but it was just more of a, a nuisance than anything. What they did now is they moved the hole up and it curves down more toward those, uh, those two scupper holes in the front. And if you do get a little bit of splash, it goes right back under there. And it's actually grooved to funnel that water down in there. So they did fix that, which tells me they're listening, which I love. Right. Um, you know, again, the squeaky wheel gets the grease uh, that, you know, if, if enough people are complaining about it and they can do something about it, they're probably going to do that. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, they're in the business. You better listen to your consumers or you'll be out of business. Real yeah, fast. absolutely. Sly Fox got a question here. What's the first thing someone new to kayak should learn first? Basic paddle stroke. Um, I, uh, most of the people that, so if someone buys a kayak and they say, man, this, this thing really doesn't track well at all. Mm. And, I feel like most people buy paddles that are way too long, whether it's advice they got from somebody. Um, I've now me personally, I've got a bit of a high angle paddle stroke. So instead of just sitting there and just, just doing that, uh, I, I tend to rotate my torso and having the blades of the, the, the paddle close as close as you can get to the side of the boat. I mean, if you're fishing, you don't want to be banging the sides of the boat, but that will help your tracking. I feel like a good paddle stroke will fix a lot of issues that maybe the kayak you're in, you know, some of the shortcomings with, with tracking just by good paddle stroke. Uh, there's some people that they're experienced enough that they feel like any kayak will track good enough. If you make it mm. uh, just some of them do more of the work than you do, you know, you need to. So, uh, but yeah, just simple paddle stroke. Um, I know there's been, I know uh, headwaters kayak does, uh, has done some really good videos on that in the past yeah. with paddling one-on-one. Uh, big shout out to to David there and uh, the uh, uh, Chad Hoover did uh, paddling a fishing kayak that I thought was really good. You know, he talked about sweep stroke for turning, but also the draw stroke. So a way to move your kayak sideways. And uh, one thing that I see a lot of people do that really, I think would have would if they changed it would make their experience a lot better is when you get up to that spot where you want to fish. Most people don't stop their kayak completely. They just paddle up there, then they stop and they want to fish while their kayak is still going forward or it'll mm -hmm. drift one side or the other. And there's like, you know, the frustration where people fishing and then they got to reel once and then they got to put it down. They got to grab their paddle and they got to, you know, usually it's because that kayak is still 
going from when you originally got there. Mm. Not all the time. There's wind, there's current, all that. But there's a lot of times where making sure your kayak is coming to a complete stop before you start focusing on other things, uh, you know, that's that'll that'll eliminate some frustration there, I think. There you go. Well, folks, we are coming to the end of our time. I wanted to thank you so much for being such an interactive group tonight. That was fun. I love all these questions. And Absolutely. I definitely got to have you back, Andy, because yeah. I don't feel like we even like touched oh, we're the, just surface scratching the surface of here. the billion shut questions. up about some things, right? <laughs> oh, so good. I think this is fun. This is this is what I love about this right here. This this comment from Scott H. He says, appreciate both your channels. Be my first season kayak fishing, just waiting for the lakes to thaw. Man, I hear you. Um, Let's have some fun, folks. Yeah. So this um, is big announcement be- too, um, and I definitely want to give a shout out to fishing with Gramps. There, um, our store, the store that I work at, uh, we're going to be an Old Town dealer now. So I know oh, a lot of go. people are, a lot of people are really wanting me to do some Old Town content. I'm pretty familiar with them, but get a little bit more hands on. I've got an autopilot coming. Um, I believe I'll have it here tomorrow or the next day and I'll get some content out on that. Um, I mean, I've seen them before. I've, I've got opinions on it. Um, looking forward to getting that. I mean, they're a quality company. They make quality kayaks for decades and uh, there were many, they did the first on a lot of stuff. And it's just, it's another thing in the arsenal, uh, another U.S. company that does it right. And, you know, if some people don't want other brands, we carry other brands. So it's, uh, you know, maybe you don't like Hobie. Maybe you like Jackson or Old Town or Bonafide. I mean, there's there's something for everybody. So, yeah, 100%. Morgan Smith Images says, <laughs> I saw that. selling my Harley. Why waste a good day weather riding a bike when I could be in my kayak? Heck yeah, brother. I'm yeah, talking about. Um, my, my Harley, uh, we are... We love to do it in the fall and the, uh, we've been doing it here late when we had a, uh, almost an 80 degree day today, tomorrow, the high is going to be 41 cool. uh, and we're going to be out there unloading a Hobie truck. So oh. it, it, it's still kind of, you know, winter's it's still February. I mean, uh, winter's still kind of keeping its grasp on us a little bit, but it's kind of giving us a taste of what we want to see. You know, that water temp starts getting around 55 to 60 that bike may be going in the garage and we may be hitting that spawn. So mm-hmm. that picture you got on the thumbnail, I'm going back to that spot and see if I can't catch the, uh, the bigger sister there. So heck yeah, I'm going to, I'm heading out as well myself this weekend. So nice. it's early, but my buddy was out today and he sent me photos of him catching a nice 17 and a half in Ohio. Good. So I'm like, yeah. I can't, I can't let you, can't let you do that. I just can't let oh, you no. do that. <laughs> and uh, I know Christina's looking to get, you know, she's looking to go fishing. She had a better year than I did last year. Uh, that's definitely a, a a thing of pride with her is she caught some bigger fish. Now I caught the biggest, obviously, but uh, she had a really good year, but it was her second full year uh, dialing into the lake. She, she knew a lot more on what to do. She tied her own knots and, you know, uh, taking her own fish off. So it's, it's good to see. It's great to see anybody's, but especially her, her evolution into that fishing and I'm looking forward to getting some content out there with uh, with her in it as well because she she's better than she thinks she is, but uh, she knows what to look for now. You know those signs alive. You know looking for oh, birds yeah. and all that stuff. So I love it. We'll look forward to uh, listening in, watching those, brother. So keep up awesome, the editing, man. as you know it. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> it's a grind. <laughs> I've got like three videos I've got to get started on here. So. Yeah, it's 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 part of it. I enjoy it. That's why I still do it. So I mean, uh, and I, I don't see that changing any. But uh, yeah, you know, I just I enjoy making better 
better, you know, better quality content because I just started holding my cell phone talking. So a lot of my earlier videos are just me. You can see my finger pointing in front of the phone on the different uh -huh. stuff. And then, you know, uh, just we kind of we all kind of evolve. Yeah, we do. It's been a good ride. Hey, guys, if you haven't done so yet, head over to the Bearded Paddler. Give Andy some love. Hit the sub button if you love learning about the latest and greatest around fishing kayaks. This is a man who's in the world every single day doing it. So, and also, if you're not done so, please hit that like button on your way out. Hopefully, we can get this video a little extra yardage on the old YouTube. And next week, we will be back on 8.30 p.m. Eastern here for the Kayak Fishing Obsessed podcast. Thanks for listening in. Andy, thank you so much, brother. Hey, appreciate you, brother. You've been listening to the Kayak Fishing Obsessed podcast. Kayak fishing is a passion that runs through our veins, and our passion is to talk about every aspect of it, have a blast doing it, and laugh the whole way. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram at Window Fishing. You know, they say if people concentrated on the really important things in life, there'd be a shortage of fishing kayaks. <laughs> See you next time on the Kayak Fishing Obsessed Podcast. <laughs>